As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast. On the Athletic Network, a fine network. It's Tuesday, June 28th, and I'm J.E. Skeets, and joining me here in the yard on a Tuesday, we got the bearded one, Trey Kirby. hey yo. hey yo. <laughs> it's yeah, just, just you, buddy. <laughs> just you. Just me dropping an AO back to my man, TK. Uh, shout out to the stream team. Maybe they dropped some AOs when you said AO. Uh, joining us live right now on YouTube. Subscribe, like, comment, share the show, and email in your NBA questions. Do not be afraid to send in those cues to no dunks at theathletic.com. Well, we lied to you. We said we were taking the week off. We said we won't do a podcast unless it's an emergency podcast. I would say this isn't that, uh, but there's a lot to talk <laughs> about, and I get bored very easily. And my man TK's always down to talk hoops, so ha, let's fire it up and, and talk a little basketball. Wait. We're talking about hoops here. We're talking about basketball. I thought you were talking about the big free agency news that the Kirby family has agreed to terms on a 2012 Toyota Highlander hybrid uh, to be joining the squad here pretty soon. Uh, Terms of the deal are not disclosed at this time, but I have a reliable source inside the organization that tells me they've found a replacement for their old Toyota Highlander. Wow, this is this is big news. Okay, uh, and this this is just reports still. This is nothing official. No one nothing signed official. on the dotted line. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, that's uh, very exciting. Right. How does the Kirby household feel about this? Uh, honestly, we we're feeling blessed right now. Um, <laughs> we had the 2012 Toyota Highlander Hybrid very high on our targets um, this off season, and we just honestly. Shocked to find it out and about there, so oh. uh, just just great. But uh, you know, fingers crossed that everything goes well in the contract signing stages. Okay, uh, I was searching uh, frantically for like a 
a breaking news, like an emergency <laughs> drop, but I can't find one. So we'll have to talk to JD about getting that done. Uh, okay, excellent. Uh, I can't wait to see. Uh, I can't wait to see that car holding up a little Kirby jersey uh, at some point. One hundred percent. I'm gonna put a Kirby jersey up next to it and uh, follow up on my tweet from before when we had to retire the old Highlander. That's, a, that's just our style right now. Get hey. the new. The, get the slightly newer version uh, of the same thing over and over and over. Hey. Again. If it works, then, then then run it back. You know, you guys yeah. are you're a, you're a dynasty over there in the Kirby house. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's right. As Sahid says, uh, any cash considerations? Yeah, yeah, a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah, I've been considering cash all weekend, skis. <laughs> yeah, probably probably too much in the end, uh, but we'll we'll see. Yeah, we shall see. Uh, you know, we had a pretty clear cap sheet. Considering our other cars already paid off. So <laughs> nice yeah, stuff. Yeah, nice yeah, stuff. Yeah. Good to be uh, on the hot stove here. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, look, the NBA finals are over. The draft is over. We are into uh, the free agency period. Rumors are already flying fast and furious. So, you know, I figured why not jump on here with Trey, set the table for everyone as we approach the free agency negotiating period, which officially starts at 6 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, June 30th. So a couple days from now. And then you got the July 1st uh, NBA free agency bonanza, hopefully. We'll see. So we might have some uh, other podcasts later in the week, though this is our off week, uh, which is funny. But the big news yesterday, Trey, let's get to it, was Kyrie Irving. Oh, yes. The Nets guard is opting into his $37 million player option for next season. He said this to Shams of The Athletic, quote, normal people keep the world going. But those who dare to be different lead us into tomorrow. I've made my decision to opt in. See you in the fall. <laughs> uh, signing a yearbook. Kyrie Irving. <laughs> Had Shams. a great summer. Yeah. Uh, so, thank God we were not doing a podcast on Monday. That's all I thought about. Because all day long, I'm sure you were watching on Twitter, was Woj telling us, oh, I mean, he might be going to the Lakers. This might be real. You know, he's got their blessing for signing trade and all this crap. And it was all a bunch of nothing, at least right now. He takes the money. And he dares to be different, Trey, uh, in doing so, which I'm sure you have some thoughts on. Well, my first thought on this is this is 100% why you have to subscribe to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash no dunks because Brian Windhorst reported today that the Brooklyn Nets found out that Kyrie Irving was going to be opting into his contract when he made the statement to Shams. That's pretty amazing. Uh, but, you know, for, for the way this has played out, I saw some podcasts yesterday were like, whoa. They're going in. Kyrie Irving has been cleared to find a sign and trade, uh, sign and trade scenarios all around the league. So let's get together. Let's talk some podcasts and let's make up some fake trades. Only to then hours later see Kyrie actually opt into this deal. Uh, if you've been listening to the show for the past week and a half, I've kind of been saying this seemed like the most likely thing to me. Mm-hmm. Thirty-seven million dollars is a lot to pass up, especially considering Kyrie lost out on fifteen million last year uh, with his stance on the vaccine and the the, the regulations there in New York. Uh, there are reports that his Nike deal may be coming to an end uh, sometime in the near future. Thirty-seven million is a lot to pass up. When the other option, if he were really wanting to join the Lakers, most likely the easiest way to do it would be opting out and then signing a $6 million deal. 
Dare to be different and take the $31 million extra if you're me. Uh, so yeah, I thought it was interesting because we had a ton of news. Kyrie's going to be looking for a trade. It really felt like this guy could be traded. Uh, yeah. But timing-wise, not perfect for Kyrie because the teams that have a ton of cap space are not contending teams right now. And Kyrie's wanting to challenge for a title, no doubt about that. It seems like the Lakers were probably choice number one. And the Nets aren't going to want to be receiving Russell Westbrook back. So I yeah. think it was just kind of market factors were why Kyrie and the Nets rejoining always made the most sense. So I'm not totally surprised that it happened. But I also don't think this is the end of the Kyrie Irving uh, possible no. trade scenarios um, news that we're going to have for the rest of the offseason. He says, see you next fall. We're still going to be hearing about Kyrie Irving all summer long, I do think, as Windhorse reported again today that there are some in the organizations, the Lakers and the Nets, who think a trade is still possible. If you read Danny LaRue over at The Athletic, he breaks it down how Kyrie still could be traded basically anytime between now and the trade deadline, which then allows mm -hmm. the team that trades him to sign him to an extension as yep. well. So it feels like things are settled for now, but it also felt like Kyrie Irving was going to be traded 24 hours today. So it ain't the end of the story, but this was the most likely chapter in the story. Yeah, the dare to be different line is hilarious because the different way to go about free agency, and it would be madness, would be the opposite of what he did, <laughs> like you were saying, to opt out of $37 million and then just go sign with some team for $7 million. That's different. And we almost were led to believe if anyone would do it, it would be Kyrie. Uh, and in the end, he sort of trolls us on that. He's like, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the uh, 37 million thanks. And uh, yeah, maybe then we'll still be traded. And then the see you in the fall part, it's almost like a threat. It's almost like, <laughs> oh my God. Oh, yeah, he's coming back. We're going to go through this all over again. Come, you know, later in the summer or even into to preseason and then even into the season. Oh, my God. Um, but I guess here the Nets, in theory, we might see Kyrie, KD, and Ben Simmons. Maybe, maybe play come October. I mean, I don't know what the chances are you'd put on it, Trey, but 50%, 75% that they maybe play a game together? I don't know. Maybe that's high. I was so bad at statistics, Skeets, back in uh, my college days because I always thought the probabilities of everything were 50-50. It's either going to happen or it's not going to happen, Mr. Pester. Uh, so I don't know. I kind of honestly forget that Ben Simmons is on the nets, yep. you know, since he was traded during the season uh, and he never actually took the court for him. But right now it feels like we're going to see this team that was put together and it seems like they could be a... I don't know, an upper level championship contender. I don't I don't really know where to put the Nets right now. It's really yeah. hard to figure out because last year it seemed like they were gonna be championship contenders as well. You say if they've got Kyrie on the floor and KD on the floor, they got a chance against anybody. They had Kyrie and KD on the floor against the Celtics and they got swept out of the playoffs. So I don't think that that's a guarantee. But honestly, uh, from a straight up basketball standpoint, I would love to see this team at their full strength with Kyrie playing well, KD healthy, and Ben Simmons contributing what we know sure. he can give you. Defense and playmaking alongside those two guys who are legitimate offensive superstars. I would love to see what this team looks like. I would love to see Joe Harris back on the court. That's my favorite thing when I'm reading all of these uh, yeah. reports. I'm like, oh yeah, Joe Harris. I remember yeah. when we were very excited about him maybe being the next Clay Thompson with his defense and the way he moves off the ball and shoots 40% from three. So I don't know. Zach Lowe is always calling the Nets a hypothetical super team. They remain a hypothetical super team at this point. So 
See you next fall. I hope so. Yeah, they also have, like, a bunch of other things to figure out to try and build a competitive roster around, in theory, these three guys. Because I think it's all four of their centers are basically free agents. Though it's sounding likely that uh, they're going to be locking up Nick, Nick Claxton there. So that's one of the centers they'll probably move forward with. Patty Mills has to decide on his player option, $6.2 million, after he signed a two-year deal last summer. Bruce Brown is an unrestricted free agent. He played really well for them when Steve Nash finally decided to start playing them. Um, and then they could use their mid-level exception to try and find like a 3 and D guy. I know Kevin Pelton threw out a couple names. You know, is Batum a possible guy? Is Otto Porter Jr. could you steal him from the Warriors? Um, maybe TJ Warren, if you believe he can stay healthy and, and give you a little something, uh, especially um, the offensive punch. So, yeah, a lot of things still to figure out here. I forget Steve Nash is the freaking coach of the Nets still. Totally. Half the time. Like... Like, is he, I guess he's still going to be there. There's really been nothing about that, that he's moving on. I was convinced he was going to be like, this. oh, God, I don't want to do this anymore. I thought he was, like, going to bounce. But, yeah, uh, right now, I guess, Nets fans, in theory, tell us in the stream team if you are one. Like, this is, I, this is the best-case scenario, I guess, right now, uh, that he says he's going to play. Now, here's the other thing. I, I tweeted this, Trey. Interested to hear, first off, what... Uh, What's leading in the poll and what you think? I said, how many games does Kyrie play next year for the Nets? Your options are zero, because <laughs> he uh, doesn't want to or gets traded before the season. 1 to 25, 26 to 59, or 60 plus. If you are uh, filling out that poll, what are you clicking? And what do you think is leading that poll? I put this up last night. It's got a lot of votes, like over 2,000 votes. Oh, I voted, Skates. I voted right away. Oh. I'll vote in any Twitter poll. Even if I don't okay. know what the subject is, I'm clicking on it just to to skew the results and see where the people's mind is. I went okay. with whatever the third choice was. What did you say, like? Yeah, you said uh, 26 to 59. Yeah, that seems okay. about right to me. Um, yep. And I'm guessing that's what's leading. Uh, yes. Though I would, though I'm thinking probably number two on the list is zero, uh, just considering the way that things have gone for Kyrie the past couple of seasons. It's, it's actually for a poll on Twitter split fairly evenly. Uh, you're right. 26 to 59 games played for Kyrie next year in a Brooklyn Nets uniform. That's leading the way. 41.5%. Second is 1 to 25. So 24.4%. Let's call it 25%. And then 0, 18.5%. And then coming in last is that this guy in a contract year, let's keep that in mind, uh, 60 plus games played, 15.6%. That's the fascinating part. I mean, look, trying to predict anything this guy does is next to impossible. So, like, just throw your hands up and shrug at this point. Anything with Kyrie. But, 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 uh, if this guy wants that, you know, maybe final big fat max contract, does he play nice? Does he participate in practice? Actually, the practice, not his own practice after Steve Nash has left. Does he play in the freaking games? Uh, does he fall in line a little bit with KD and play 60-plus games because he wants to either prove to Brooklyn or another team in this league, look, hey, look, I'm still I'm still elite. I'm still 25 points per game. I'm, I, can, I can be a team player and all that. I, who knows? But if this would be the year, this would be the year I would say he actually plays 60-plus. <laughs> I can't believe I'm buying into that, but... <laughs> Yeah. It's been a minute since Kyrie Irving has played 60 or more games. The oh, last time was when he was in Boston uh, there in the 18-19 season, played 67 games. Now, obviously, a little of that is 
different with COVID seasons and that sort of thing. But uh, there are times in the regular season where Kyrie's picked up an injury and has had to miss some time. We know he's had knee problems in the past. We know, obviously, his vaccine stance last year took him out of 41 games basically right away. So uh, with those changing, I guess he'll be playing a little bit more in New York. And if you're the Nets, maybe if you're looking through this uh, through rose-colored glasses, you're thinking, this is the best-case scenario. First of all, we've still got Kyrie Irving, and most importantly, we've still got Kevin Durant. We've still got our two superstars. we got Ben Simmons coming back. Like you're saying, Skeets, this is kind of a contract year for Kyrie Irving. As we found out during, uh, I don't know, I'm saying this offseason, like we've had any sort of an offseason right now. It's been like two days two yeah. days of the offseason, what we found out is that the market wasn't there for Kyrie. Nobody was going to really jeopardize their future, mortgage their future to bring him no. in at this point. But when he's on the court, Kyrie Irving is still one of the better players in the league. He's an incredible scorer, an incredible shooter, a ball handler. He can play with the ball in his hands and away from the ball. We saw it work with LeBron way back in the day. He was an all-NBA player a season ago. You know, not last year, but the year before. He puts up incredible percentages. So if he's able to stay on the court, if he's able to stay committed to the Nets and going forward and trying to be all on the same page, which is what Sean Mark said as soon as they were eliminated, then you're going to get the best Kyrie Irving. But I don't know exactly how reliable that is. But if you're the Nets, you would rather have it this way, I think, than the other way, where Kyrie leaves and KD starts uh, canvassing the league for a trade option as well. So... I think the Nets probably also have to, th- to to think about the way things went last season when Kyrie missed a bunch of time, KD missed a bunch of time, they had the Harden trade, and then Simmons was out. They ended up being the seventh seed after winning the play-in tournament, but it did not matter. We were thinking, yeah. oh, this is a, this could be a seventh seed that wins an NBA title. They know they've got to be a little bit better in the regular season, so they yeah. don't have to go through the play-in tournament, so that they can maybe have home court advantage in the future. And then we'll see what they do uh, with all of their other moves as well. Like you're saying, Claxton and Brown and who knows. Otto Porter would be good for this team. Uh, just a connector sort of piece, another shooter. So, yeah. uh, I don't know. The Nets The Nets is the team that you look at on paper and you're saying, yeah, they're looking good. We just got to see it on the court. Yeah, I, I mean, if Kyrie's going to act like a new age version of Dennis Rodman, then I would love to see KD really lean into being Michael Jordan and just like... And, and, and what am I mean by that? Like, I would love to see him sort of take control of this damn team and franchise a little bit more. And maybe it's just not his MO uh, and his personality. I don't know. Um, but I will give the Nets credit. They let Kyrie blink here first, it sounds like. If you believe all the reports here over the last week or so, you know, they're offering, again, they're offering maybe some sort of deal, but not the max, not max years, because we can't trust you to play all the time hit these quotas, okay, then we've got something. And they sort of held firm on that and even said, go out, see what you can even get in return. You you might think uh, a little higher about yourself than some of these other teams right now. And yeah, look, he blinked and said, okay, well, at least I'm, I'm signing here. And this is far from over, but for one day, I guess this is... This is totally calm. settled for one yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and will it last for weeks, maybe even months? With Kyrie, uh, no one's really sure. Okay. Uh, anything else on the Nets before we uh, move on here? Any other thoughts? I got I got no other Nets thoughts yeah. for you right now, Skeets. But be honest, weren't you a little bit, like, happy that we weren't podcasting yesterday? Like, trying to keep up in real time? Like, people re- were recording podcasts yesterday or dropping huge articles, and, it, and they were like... They were pointless like 10 minutes later. <laughs> I was like, I know. Yes, I, we I took almost the right fe- day off. 
We should probably wrap the podcast right now and just put out the Kyrie Irving section, then yeah. come back to John Wall a little bit later because things could change in the yes. course of 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, what a whirlwind yesterday. Go out, go out and look for trades. See what you can find. Eh, actually, I'll see you in the fall. <laughs> see ya. <That's> <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Well, let's move on um, to the other piece of news yesterday or last night, I guess. Uh, John Wall uh, and the Houston Rockets, they've agreed to a buyout. So he will become an unrestricted free agent and the five-time all-star he's expected. It sounds like it's a lock that he's going to join the LA Clippers and he's going to give back 6.5 million of his $47.3 million salary for next season in that buyout with the Rockets. That's uh, by way of the athletics sources here. So John Wall agreeing to the buyout, which we thought might happen even last year with the Rockets. And again, Woj definitely saying he's he's joining the Clippers here, probably for that exact same price in the money he's giving back. It's like almost identical there with that mid-level uh, uh, exception. Um, so yeah, what do you what do you think of Wall? What he has left? His fit with the Clippers? Do you like this? Yes, I do like this. But I also don't know what to expect from John Wall. He's played 40 games total since the end of the 2019 season. He obviously had heel and Achilles problems and then an infection he had to deal with during the 1920 season. He had those 40 games uh, with the Rockets where he actually played pretty well for a pretty bad team. And then last year, you know, we thought maybe some team would pick him up or he would basically do what he's doing now. But, you know, there's a, a lot more money to give up at that point. So... So, uh, yeah, not totally surprising that they would finally find the buyout deal. And I think the Clippers is going to be a really nice fit. I don't know if we're going to be seeing Wizards John Wall. That seems unlikely, but he should be the healthiest he has been after having a year to rest his body and get back right. He doesn't have a ton of pressure on him. He's not going to be the number one guy there. I'm not even totally convinced he's their starting point guard because Reggie Jackson has played really, really well the past couple of seasons. And they're kind of similar players in that they're both best with the ball in their hands. But I do think Wall is going to fit really nice when he is on the court with Paul George and with Kawhi Leonard and even with the Nard dog, Luke Kennard, because a stat I will never forget is that John Wall was the best at creating corner three-pointers with the Washington Wizards. He would average, you know, 10 assists per game and four of them would be corner threes or something along those lines. So as long as he's able to still get in the lane, and dish out to the corners, to the wings. The Clippers are a three-point shooting team. They've got a lot of three-point shooters. So I think it could be easy for John Wall to just be a very dynamic playmaker, to push the pace when they need it, because maybe that's something you would uh, quibble with the Clippers, is that they can be a little bit of a slower team, especially once Kawhi comes back. With he likes Kawhi. to yep. pound the Raptors were always like in that the when he was, Yep, when he was out of Yeah, team. but that was the thing with the Raptors, is when Kawhi yep. would sit... We're in turbo mode, and yep. that could be very cool uh, with the Clippers. So this is an incredibly deep team. 
they beefed up their roster last year at the trade deadline and then things went south for them with regards to injuries. Kawhi obviously never came back. Paul George missed their very last game. But he, uh, John Wall is a bigger guard as well. I think that's going to be huge. Like, he's going to be good defensively as well. He was always one of the leaders in steals. He can be disruptive. All he's got to do is score in transition, find shooters, and hang defensively. And I yeah. think this is going to be really nice for L.A. Yeah, the, the question of whether he starts is fascinating because John Wall has always started. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I yep. think it's something like... I think he's barely come off the bench in his NBA career. I think it's a handful of times. Probably 12 games, I think. 12 games. Okay, probably half of that. So as a rookie or nearly that, something like that. So, um, yeah, does he continue to start? I also think John Wall in my head is like 36 years old. And he's he's like 31? <laughs> yeah. What is he, 32? Yeah. You know, he's just missed 32 by the start of the season, sure. Yeah, okay. He's missed like really prime years here of these last three years because of injury, which is really unfortunate despite playing those 40 games, like you said, uh, two seasons ago. But... Will he start with PG and Kawhi and Marcus Morris? And, and it sounds like they're probably uh, re-signing Zubats. Or does Reggie Jackson still start? And is John Wall get to operate with your, you know, Powells and Manns and Covingtons and stuff like that? I, both of those scenarios I, I, I could see working quite well. It's just we'll see what the agreement is there and how Ty Lue can get these guys to uh, buy in. The Clippers, I mean, they went 42-40 and 40 last year, right? Um eliminated there in, in the playing game like you said and they're missing guys but 42 four, like they're good they're not they were not bad I think they went completely under the radar no one was really talking about them because you never saw, saw them really as a threat without their star players but holy crap if these guys play people are convinced like like this is the this is the team that's going to challenge the Warriors like they are immediately put to that level do you agree with that if if healthy, which is a big if with them, but yeah, I guess that's a huge if considering that three of their main players are going to be Kawhi, Paul George, and John Wall, all right. of whom have missed quite a bit of time in the past couple of seasons. Uh, but yeah, I'm I would be bullish on the Clippers. They've got a ton of depth and all guys that kind of play similarly. They really hit on that small ball style when they beat the when they beat the Jazz in the bubble a few years back. Um, and John Wall's going to be able to play alongside those guys. I think he'll be able to play in small ball lineups, probably with Reggie Jackson. And at that point, it's like Reggie Jackson, John Wall, Paul George, and Kawhi. Like, good luck. That's four ball handlers who can yeah. get their own shot anytime they want to and space the floor around whoever does happen to have the ball. So they play defense. John Wall's going to continue, not going to jeopardize them defensively, I don't think. And they'll be a little bit better on offense. They were only 24th in the league last year, but adding Kawhi most importantly, and then whatever they can get from John Wall, I think will be huge. Like I was surprised with the way Victor Oladipo played after right. having uh, a, a pretty solid layoff and you know having to take basically a season to get his body right. He did that and looked great for Miami uh, in the postseason. So if the Clippers are able to get something similar from John Wall, I think that would be a huge found piece for just, you know, $6 million. You're not getting a lot of impact players for the mid-level exception, but John Wall could be that. Yeah, and it sounds like the Clippers are aggressively trying to get Mitchell Robinson in here too if the Knicks are continuing to uh, open up cap space there. Now, it's uh, if Mitch, well, even if Mitchell Robinson doesn't join the Clippers, because of the mid-level exception, uh, using that on Wall... I think the Clippers would only have the minimum to offer Isaiah Hartenstein, which is their backup center, who's actually like a decent backup center. I know that name like makes a lot of people probably roll their eyes, but he's decent. Um, 
And so, unlikely he's going to stick there, especially if Mitchell Robinson comes. But I'm high on Mitchell Robinson. I like him on that team, too, like an athletic big running uh, guy like that. So, we'll see. Clips, uh, is, is, this is fascinating. Already loaded West could just get even better if, uh, if they can stay healthy. Though I will say, I would like StatMuse to slow down a little bit when you drop, is this the best big three in the league with photos of Kawhi, <laughs> Paul George, and John Wall? Like, oh my God. Relax. I mean, I know it's just... It's just engagement. That's all. They're they're farming away. They're getting clicks. They're getting comments. But <sighs> come on, come on. Is they're it, not. Is it the best no, big three in the league? No, Who's no the best big, big three in the league. It, could, well, it I'll be, tell you, could it be the Golden State Warriors who just yeah, won the NBA championship? Yeah, and have three Hall of them. Famers it and Andrew Wiggins. I would also say I would put the Bucks above them, like instantaneously. I'm sorry, I'm taking Giannis Middleton and Drew Holiday over. Guys that don't even play half the time in Kawhi, uh, PG, and John Wall. But, yeah, that's, uh, that's a classic stat news move there. So, good on them. And they got, they got me looking at it. What? John Wall? Suddenly a part of a big three? Look, this is a nice piece. You said it. $6 million? Love it. And if he can give them Oladipo-like performance, even maybe more, uh, then that's, that's awesome uh, for a team that is very deep. They almost have, dare I say, they almost have too many guys. I'm gonna say that they got a hell of they got a deep team. They've got an awesome like second line basically yeah. coming in. It'll be Norman Powell. Uh, who else is sticking around there? Terrence Mann and whichever yeah, of these centers that they get. You know, I've seen Nerlens Noel has also been a rumor for them. He could play alongside uh, those guys. Kennard can shoot the three. Yeah, we thought. Last year at the trade deadline when they picked up Powell and Covington. Good move for last season. Even more important for this season going forward because it gives them tons of depth. They've got so many wing guys. You know, we talked about with John Hollinger going into the NBA draft. Everybody wants wings. Everybody wants wings who can play defense. And the Clippers already had like 10 of them. And now they're getting John Wall, who's not necessarily a wing, but has some wing-like qualities and probably can guard uh, some bigger guys as well. So yeah, the Clippers got to be feeling pretty good. And like... When you're the Clippers, and like you're saying, Skeets, is this the best big three? Probably not, because we don't know how often these guys are going to be on the court. You would rather have a backup for every single one of your rotation, just ready to go and slide into the starting yeah. lineup. No problem. Yeah, and and look, when it comes to the Clippers and like how far they go, it all hinges on Kawhi. Yes. Done. I love Paul George, John Wall, nice addition, deep team, all that. Great, you know, well coached with Ty Lue. It only matters how what if Kawhi is playing and what he looks like because we've seen him like with two other franchises when he looks like a top three guy, like be enough to take a team to, uh, you know, to, to the, to the championship and stuff like that. Way, way back with the Spurs, of course, had a lot of talent around him, but then of course with the Raptors there in 2019. So that's, that's the ultimate question. And yeah, thank you for, I think the stream team was helping me out there too, or helping you out. Like, I think I said, Mitchell Robinson, I met Nerlens Noel as the likely Nick's big, I believe, rumored to be going to the Clippers. So I was getting those uh, mixed up there. But people are just saying the Clippers are cursed, so nothing good's going to happen to them. We'll see. Um, yeah, I saw this from Mike Avalone in the stream team. The Clippers could do it this year yeah. for like 10 plus years. Honestly, like, you hear the dumb stuff about the Clippers curse. But it always comes back to injuries. And the Clippers have had a lot of seasons derailed by injuries. And they're going forward uh with two injury-prone guys. So we will yeah. see how it plays up. Injuries affect every single NBA season. You just can't predict them. But when Kawhi Leonard is on the court, your team is a championship contender, and they've got yeah. contributors around him as well. Um, all right, another little piece of news here. I guess this is more of a question, um, and this has to do with the Hornets and Miles Bridges. So there are reports, Trey, that the Hornets are not offering 
Miles Bridges a max deal. There are also reports that the Pistons are very interested in uh, acquiring one Miles Bridges. Um, so that's the part that's interesting to me. Like, should the Pistons be very aggressive in trying to acquire a guy like Miles Bridges with what they've done at the draft and, and the moves they've made in, in, in getting off of Grant? What do you think? Miles Bridges would be awesome on the Hornets, I think. A 20-point-per-game scorer, his three-point shot the is there. Yeah, yeah, Miles yeah. Bridges to the Pistons, I think, would be huge. Yeah. What did I say? You said on the Hornets, but I know you. Oh, yeah. well, I can, honestly, I think it would be awesome on the Hornets as well. <laughs> he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can understand the Hornets. From the Hornets' perspective, I can understand them not offering him a max deal since he's a restricted free agent. But if you're the Pistons, is it a smart move to max out Miles Bridges? Maybe. Maybe before your team actually gets uh, expensive with extensions for Cade and Jaden Ivey down the road, Duran, Isaiah Stewart, Bay, all of those guys are going to have to be paid at some point. So maybe it's smart to use your cap room now before you've got to start paying your own drafted guys. Mm -hmm. And he would fit really nice alongside Cade, alongside Jaden Ivey. It feels like the Pistons are going to be an up-tempo team just from their draft picks and from the way they've been building recently. There's a spot there on the wing for him alongside Sadiq Bey. Uh, they would probably lean into a, a little bit of a small ball look or at least a stretchy sort of look, uh, which is, you know, the way that teams win in the NBA these days. So if I'm the Pistons, a local guy as well, played at Michigan State, I would 100% be in on it. But if I'm the Hornets, I'm like, yeah, go get your max deal from somewhere. And then the Hornets have to match it because there's no way they can let him go. Maybe it, you know, ruffles his feathers a little bit that you didn't come out and give him the max deal right away. Mm -hmm. Maybe you end up having to sign him to a worse or at least a less team-friendly deal because he gets some sort of poison pill contract from from the Pistons. But uh, I assume that Miles Bridges is going to be a Hornet at the beginning of next season just because he's a good young player who has a potential to be a great young player. So I don't see how they can let him walk. But if I was the Pistons, like, that would be probably my number one target ahead of a Jalen Brunson, who I know they were rumored to be interested right. in uh, heading into the offseason. I think that's probably gone at this point with the way the draft went down for them. But I wouldn't – if I'm the Pistons, I'm chasing them, no doubt. So how are you ranking uh, if the Pistons have, like, you know, their, their, their chalkboard in their office and they're putting them in order and the three names are Aiton, Bridges, and Brunson – what's the one, two, three for like, all right, him first, him second, him third. Sounds like Brunson third because of the Ivy Brunson draft third. But Yeah. I mean, I guess it's a toss-up between Aiton and Bridges. I would probably say that Aiton is the guy I would still have as their number one target just because I think we've seen him have a little bit of a track record of performing in huge situations. The guy almost had a big beef in the NBA Finals, was one of the, the, the leaders in double-doubles this season. He's young. He's a looking to improve and he would certainly fit in with their style. Whereas their, their centers now you've got Isaiah Stewart, who's a good player, but most likely a backup big and energy guy for the most part. And who knows what Duran's going to become. He mm -hmm. could be an, a star for sure. Yeah. Or he could just be one of these random super athletic rim running centers who is a quality player, but yep. doesn't take you to the next level where Aiton I think could expand his game. And even if he doesn't totally expand his game, what he would be bringing to the Pistons would be a nice role guy, a defensive presence who can move his feet, and still young. Like, that's a, a that's definitely a guy they should be chasing as well. Yeah, and you think either of those two, Aiton Bridges, like the, the Pistons aren't overplaying their summer, you know what I mean? They're not getting ahead of themselves in, in terms of rebuilding because of the, the, the age of those two guys. Like, you don't think it's like, they're not like, Going from obviously a lottery team to like, oh, we're going to be a eighth seed right away. Like, because you can fall into that trap a bit. Uh, but sounds like because of the ages of Bridges and Aiton, that to you is not a 
as big a deal because they're you know they're close to the timeline of your of basically your rookies or your second year's players. Yeah, exactly right. If if these were thirty year old players, it would be a different story. Yeah. But considering they're in their twenties, their early twenties, with a chance to improve, and you've got Cade, who is a, a really good player who could instantly make the leap. Like we've seen Trey Young make the leap in his second year. We saw Luca, obviously. I mean, these are some of the biggest stars in the league. So who knows if Cade gets to that level, but he was a number one draft pick for a reason. It's not unreasonable to think that after playing one year in the NBA, having a full summer of training, that he could make the leap as well. Um, Beefing up around him, I, you know, and winning some more games, I think is fine. I don't think they would be mortgaging their future, chasing guys in the, you know, 24 year olds. Uh, James Edwards, the third at the athletic, go to the athletic.com slash no dunks, get a subscription. He, uh, you know, I was talking about how the Pistons have all this cap space still and, and what they could do with it. And we're talking about, like, obviously trying to sign guys or maybe signing trades and stuff like that with Aiton. But he had a couple interesting trades I just wanted to throw at you uh, that don't involve those two names that we're talking about. He said they could be one of these teams that helps out the Hornets with Gordon Hayward because they could take, obviously, that big $30 million contract there but get some things back. He threw out Pistons receive Hayward. And let's go back to car talk, baby. PJ Washington, the Chevy <laughs> tracks of the NBA, uh, in exchange for like Kelly Olynyk and Saban Lee. So he threw out that one. I'll move on here. I like this one a lot. I don't know if the Heat would do it, but could they get Duncan Robinson, add some shooting to that team, and maybe get a pick from the Heat? in exchange for Corey Joseph and Saban Lee. James Edward III has Saban Lee in a lot of these as like a young guy, but probably sort of pushed out a little bit. And then the third one he had, uh, you know, again, it's the idea of getting a little scoring, maybe a little veteranship there. Uh, Evan Fournier and picks from the Knicks, uh, probably one first rounder, one second rounder for Corey Joseph or something like that to give so they get like a backup guard there. But any thoughts on any of those? I really like the Duncan Robinson. I love the idea of the Pistons trying to get a little more shooting. That's the thing with Miles Bridges, even. He's shown before that he can be a 40% three-point shooter, but then it's like it fell back to earth there last year, yeah. right? So which one are you getting? Is it somewhere in the middle? Okay, you can live with that. But yeah, what do you think of those from uh, James Edward III there? Uh, I think it's smart from the Pistons, and I think that it's very likely because Troy Weaver is a Sam Presti disciple and that is a Sam Presti move. Let's keep our cap sheet clean. We will accept your unwanted contract. Maybe rebuild that player's value even a little bit, trade that player uh, for an asset further down the line. And in the meantime, we'll take an asset when you give us uh, that undesirable contract. You know, the 2023 first round pick for the Pistons is already traded right now. So I'm sure they would love uh, to recruit a pick right there uh, to continue their rebuild. Um, so yeah, I, I can definitely see that happen. I mean, Gordon Hayward would be a quality player for them. I still, he's a good Gord, you know, he's helpful. (laughs) He gives you the veteran presence. He can handle the ball. He can shoot from outside. He's going to miss a ton of games. So you're still staying in the lottery. (laughs) Um, so yeah, uh, I can definitely see that happen. It's not unlike the, what the Thunder do. Like Al Horford was a Thunder. Derek Favors was a Thunder. There's always some random guy that's going to be there. Why not? If you're the Pistons. Yeah. I, I think, uh, I, 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 the Fournier from the Knicks, I'm less interested in. I, I get it. You would be doing it for picks and stuff like that. But those other two are intriguing to me. Yeah, Hayward and P.J. Washington for Olenek and Lee. Or even the idea of, like, can you get Duncan Robinson and maybe a pick for uh, for a couple players going back that are not really in uh, your rotation or, uh, you know, long-term plans? We'll see. They got options, no doubt. Detroit with a... Man, I can't believe how much Pistons talk we've had over the last couple, uh, couple <laughs> of shows wild, here. Eh? Yeah, yeah, they're on fire, man. 
it's a it's a smart move for them to to to, to do something. And maybe Duncan Robinson is the move because he's still a younger player. He's got a huge contract. And I see in the, in the stream team here, they're saying, I don't know if I would want to pay him that. When you look at the cap sheet for the Detroit Pistons, they've got $15 million on the books for the 23-24 season. And then $2.8 million yeah. on the books right yeah. now for the season after that. They can afford to take on a bad contract. And, you know, maybe Robinson getting a chance to play with no pressure here where he's not expected to be a contributor for a number one seed in the conference gives you a little bit of something. And then guess what? Shooting is always always in the mix in the NBA. Yeah. Somebody's always going to want a shooter. Maybe down the line when you only got to pay one year of Duncan Robinson, we're getting another first round draft pick back. That's not a bad one. Yep. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. I want to get your take on what the Knicks are doing and who they're going for and whether you think it would be wise for them to pay Jalen Brunson, let's say, $100 million to come and be the point guard for the New York Knicks. Because I feel like this one has like... The, the pendulum on this one is swung from one side, like this guy's so underrated, going to get paid, rightfully so, to then now with the Knicks appearing to be pretty aggressive and trying to open cap space for him, everybody going, what? You're opening up cap space for Jalen Brunson? Like, this is the guy? This is the sweepstakes? Like, this is like when you're on Price is Right and you're hoping for the new car or the new boat and it's like a, it's like a, a desk. You know, it's like a vacuum. You're like, I could just buy a fucking vacuum. Okay, it's a great vacuum. Is it a Dyson? Is it a well, Dyson? It's is Jalen nice Brunson a Dyson? Well, I'm just saying. Now, I want to make it clear. I don't think that, but this is where you're seeing a lot of Knicks fans fall and other people out there like, what, what, what? Hold on. Not Jalen Brunson you don't give $100 million to. But what's you, what do you think? I remember during the season, Skeets, we were talking about Jalen Brunson and where he might end up next year. He had been playing really well. He, he was great against the Jazz in the playoffs. But during the season, I even said, if I'm the Knicks, I make it so expensive for the Dallas Mavericks to even try and sign Jalen Brunson, clear as much cap space as you can and throw the bag at him. And now that they're doing it, I'm like, "Uh, I've already got two Dysons, you know? Like, I don't know if I necessarily want to do that. But uh, I think the Knicks are going to do it, is what it comes down to. Is uh, It feels like they're clearing cap space right now. Obviously, they've got these uh, big man moves we've been talking about. Evan Fournier could be dealt as well. And the Knicks haven't had a good point guard in 20 years. And their last good point guard 
was it, I, maybe you'd say like old Jason Kidd when he just stand around the outside and swung the ball around, or even Charlie Ward, who was a football player. It's been a long time <laughs> yeah. since there's been a good point guard in New York City. Brunson has a little bit of history there with his dad being a Nick back in the 90s, his dad now a coach there as well. So it definitely feels like the tea leaves are pointing towards Brunson becoming a Nick. And I don't know, maybe it's worth it. You know, these little one-year, one-and-one, two-year deals for average veterans has not worked for the Knicks, nor has trying to keep their cap space clean, hoping that somebody will finally decide to come there. That hasn't worked either. So maybe just getting a really good player in Jalen Brunson, who still has a chance to develop into something more with the ball in his hands a little bit more as one of the number one options, maybe that works. Not to mention, they'd be very confusing to guard if their three best players are Jalen Brunson, a lefty, R.J. Barrett, a lefty, and Julius Randle, a lefty. Ooh. I think that's worth at least two wins during the regular season. Oh, wow. Over well, the left- course of 82 games, you just you just forget. You just forget, wow. oh, yeah, he's left-handed. He gets an easy basket at the rim. Uh-oh, you lost by two, suckers. Okay, uh, so, yeah, the go lefty full bump. lefty here. Yeah. Okay. The lefty bump. Is this the, the best big three in the league? I don't know. It's the only left-handed big three in the league. Hold on. I, let Stat Muse tweet that before I respond yeah, to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I need to see the three photos of the guys. Brunson, Barrett, and Randall. Um, yeah, you just know, though, when they do, because I'm with you, it's feeling more and more likely we're getting towards later this week. At least the Knicks offering four years, $100 million, I don't know. It's going to be around that, I think. Uh, four years, uh, high 90s, something like that. I think the Mavs are hoping they get... Brunson for four and, you know, 88, something like that. Maybe four for 80, they'd be laughing. I think it's going to cost more than that at this point, how he played in the playoffs at times and what he did in the regular season. He's only 25 years old. He feels like he's 35 to me too. He's got sort of the game of a 35-year-old and less of a 25-year-old. But I just know whatever happens here later this week, Knicks fans are going to go crazy, or some at least will, and uh, saying, oh my God, I can't can't believe we're paying this guy $25 million. Like this guy, this is... I think they're going to be so wrong. I love it. I, I, I mean, I think the Mavericks should be doing a lot in their, in their power to keep this guy. Because <laughs> you're still, I mean, I know it's Luca's team and all that, but like, he's good. He's really yes. good. He's just not dunking on fools and he's, you know, not throwing behind the back dimes every second night. That's okay. Van Vliet doesn't do that. You know, that guy turned into an all-star. That guy won a championship. He got a vote from Hubie Brown for crying out loud in the NBA Finals for uh, Finals MVP. So I... I'm actually like going the other way with this. Like, I think the Knicks are doing the right move here if they can land this guy. Because I think he's just going to be, like you said, a solid... You know, I want RJ Barrett to play with a damn point guard. Like, somebody that can, like, p- like help him grow as a player and turn him into maybe the superstar. So I like it, personally. Um, now, I get it. You don't want to bend over backwards and trade, like, have to attach a bunch of picks to guys to get, like, them off your books and stuff like that. Yeah, you don't want to go overboard, but... These little moves that they're making around the fringes here, I'm I'm fine with it. it. But we'll see. Maybe the Mavs in the end will just keep them and this will all be for naught. Yeah, I do think it would actually be worse for the Mavs than for the Knicks if Brunson signs with the Knicks because it's going to be tough for the Mavericks to replace what Jalen Brunson gave them. And they're already at a point where we're like, Luka's a little overtaxed, right? He needs somebody alongside him to make plays as well. When he goes to the bench for those... 12 to 8 minutes a game, 8 to 12 minutes if you're saying it the non-Lee Ellis way. When he goes to the bench, somebody's got to take over the reins. Now, Tim Hardaway Jr. will be coming back for the Mavs, which definitely helps. But losing a player of Brunson's caliber, who still has a chance to progress in his career, I think would be really, really bad for a Mavs team that got kind of close to the NBA Finals last year. You know, they ran into the Warriors. 
Some idiots, like me, picked them to beat the Warriors. Did not happen, but it wasn't because of Brunson, right? Uh, no, there's, no. They were a team that seems like they're on an upward trajectory, and you don't want to lose probably your second most impactful player uh, after Luka for nothing. So, yeah, I think it would be worse uh, for Dallas than for New York if it goes this way. And honestly, like $25 million yeah. for a starting point guard, its that's fair. You know, I mean, I it's... Who like you're? I'm looking here at hoops hype. So you're like Terry Rozier, 21 million. Malcolm Brogdon, 22.6. Mike Conley, 22.6. I think it's a fair contract. Totally, totally agree with that. And what a novel concept. Hey, Knicks, bring in a guy who's proven to be a winning player in college, even in his short NBA career. Uh, you know, like he makes a difference. So. This this I I this makes sense. I think they're doing the right thing here. Now, is it straight like? Is it strange with the whole let's bring dad in and stuff like that? It's just the, yeah. Well, look if they gotta get if they gotta do that to get there uh, because you know the Mavs can match here, um, then they're getting creative. Uh, look, unfortunately the Knicks are gonna sign him and he's gonna blow out his knee like twenty games yes. into the season, so that's gonna happen. But uh, anyway, uh, I'm high on it. But let's hear from the stream team. I know there are differing opinions on Jalen Brunson and his worth in this league, and should the Knicks like really try and get him? You know, he's this undersized guy and all that, but uh, that's part of the fun here. Final one here, Trey, or at least the last one I have on my list, and then we can jump around if you want. Um, to trade rumor, and uh, this one, there's a lot of a lot of smoke with this one, and it's sort of fascinating. So, the Atlanta Hawks and the San Antonio Spurs are discussing a trade centered around All-Star point guard Dejounte Murray, according to Zach Klein of ABC Atlanta and Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report. He's been sort of reporting about this for a while now. Now, interestingly, the proposed deal as of late is not involving John Collins going back to the Spurs. Instead, it would be based on the partially guaranteed contract of the Rooster, Danilo Gallinari, it's a spicy one, and multiple draft picks. So this is really based around a package of picks for DeJounte Murray. Um, I know we have touched on this before. I think we thought Collins might be involved. What What do you make of this rumor? Do you buy it all? Buy it at all? What is going on from both sides? How about it? I don't know that we've heard from both sides yet. Uh, this sounds to me like an Atlanta Hawks uh, originated sort of rumor. Sure. We're going to trade an expiring contract for an, a current all-star. Yeah. That definitely, while not trading our second best player as well, that definitely seems more beneficial to the Atlanta Hawks. Not to mention the Spurs are not a leaky organization in general. Um, so to me, it definitely feels... Uh, more Atlanta themed uh, yep. than San Antonio themed. If I'm the Hawks, yeah, I would love to do it. Add DeJounte Murray to John Collins and Trey Young. Come on. Is this the best big three in the league we're talking about here? <laughs> I don't know about that, but I think the Hawks need to get a little better. They need to add a better second player uh, than John Collins. And I think DeJounte Murray would be that. His career also on an upward tra- trajectory. And uh, maybe the Spurs are kind of like, the perfect team to do this with because we saw the way they got Tim Duncan back in the day, the way they got David Robinson back in the day. There's a huge prospect coming into the league next season. And you have to wonder just where are the Spurs at in the Western Conference when we see teams like the Warriors are still around. The Suns won 64 games last year. The Mavericks have Luka. The Clippers are reloading this season. It ain't the time for the Spurs right now, but if you had Victor Wembenyama, and maybe it's your time five years down the line, yeah. it's the perfect team to uh, plant those smoke signals. So it doesn't seem to me very likely that this would get done. It just does not seem like a huge return for DeJounte Murray to me, unless we hear that the picks are like 
incredible picks, but I mean, then you're like Trey Young, DeJounte Murray, John Collins, probably not even a lottery pick at that point, right? Yeah. Uh, I guess the the thought then is that the Spurs pick would be so good that they have their chance at whoever it is, but uh, I don't know. It feels like a little bit more smoky than actual fire here, but weird things happen. You just don't hear about them with the Spurs before they happen. Yeah, for sure. I, I saw your tweet about like the parallels to like maybe this, if the Spurs were to do this, the idea of what they did like with uh, getting Duncan back in the day, like really leaning in towards the tank. Now the difference is back then, of course, it's like we've got these flattened odds. I mean, you're like, it's, it's a crapshoot. Like you could be one of the worst teams in the league, but it's like, what are your, it's like a 14% chance you're even getting the number one pick. To, to take the French kid, like, uh, it's like, not it's not a lock. I mean, there's going to be, like, it looks like the, the Pistons are obviously going to be trying to be a bit better and they should be. And, you know, we know the Cavs are sort of there on their rise and they were already like flirting as a playoff team. But like, okay, the Rockets are going to be brutal probably still just with their youth. Uh, who, I mean, there's only a handful. I get that, but it's still these even if you win 15 games and the other team wins you know 25 games but they're in the bottom three or whatever then it's like you got the same odds so it's a that's a hell of a risk if this were to happen and the, and the spurs were like really hoping for it yeah it was a risk back then though too i think the celtics were convinced they were getting tim duncan True. as well just like they were convinced they were getting greg odin yeah there's always lottery losers out there but if you're a lottery winner it changes your franchise so as we saw with the 76ers sometimes that's the smart thing to do uh kind of i mean i don't know that it's totally worked for the sixers they're better than they were <laughs> they've got yeah. four seeds rather than eight seeds but that's the thing is that the spurs definitely feel like maybe the third tier in the Western Conference, like a play-in contender team, maybe at their best they can get to a sixth seed. That seems a little unreasonable mm-hmm. to me. Adding more high-level talent, obviously you're getting uh, you're getting better. But uh, yeah, there's not a ton of bad teams yet. I guess we'll still be talking about OKC and Houston at the bottom of the Western Conference. Maybe the Magic? Probably, yeah, I would say Orlando yeah. and Indiana, it seems like, uh, is going to be going the youth movement mm-hmm. way if they are able to move... Brogdon and Turner, but those seem to be the the bottom four teams. There's usually five teams. Maybe the Spurs decide they want to be one of those five teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thunder Kings, I guess, are always unfortunately there. But yeah, uh, we'll see. It's it's crazy. Look, I think the Hawks should be very aggressive if this is real. And uh, hey, do some pick swaps. Do some picks. That's a hell of a backcourt there in Trey Young and Murray. That is really fun and you've still got other talent on the roster some defensive minded guys and hunter and yonyeka and kongwu and stuff like that uh and then it sounds like collins is still gonna be moved so um they should do it but will the spurs do that or are they just like seeing what the interest is in Dejounte murray is there another team that's gonna like we'll give you even more for someone like him uh it is strange that it's coming from san or it, it's just a team in san antonio being even in rumors like this with an all-star point guard it's just weird uh doesn't happen a lot so maybe it is all hawk side of things and they're trying to uh just get other teams uh <laughs> fired up and like oh the hawks are they're aggressive they want to trade some picks they got collins okay give them a call see what schlank wants to do um yeah and i think with the way the season went for the hawks last year the the kind of malaise they played through the yep. first half of the season and to the point where travis schlank was like we shouldn't have run it back i should have made more moves it seems to me that he really wants DeJounte Murray because that's a really nice pairing alongside Trey Young. Murray plays defense. He's got more size than Trey Young, so you would be able, be able to guard the twos. You would be able to play Trey off the ball a little bit, kind of unlock that part of the Steph Curry game with him running around screens. 
the Hawks need to consolidate some of their players yeah. uh, to go a little bit further. And Murray would look nice next to Trey Young. Um, okay, so let's call it there unless there's any other names in free agency or trade rumors that you want to touch on. Like who, I guess, let me ask it like this. Who do you think come Friday or maybe even Thursday there night, who's going to be like the biggest name free agency wise or maybe linked to a trade as well, like that we're going to get here at the end of the week? What's your prediction say? Malcolm Brogdon. Okay. Okay. So I think Malcolm Brogdon is going to be a wizard. Okay. You think that's going to happen? (laughs) I think he's going to be a wizard. It sounds like Bradley Beal is going to be getting a pretty big deal here from the Wizards. Their starting point guard right now would be Ish Smith, a nice guy to have uh, on your team as a backup point guard, but there's definitely a huge hole in the starting lineup there. And Brogdon is a good player. Uh, You know, I think that after his rookie of the year season, maybe he didn't progress as far as people wanted, or maybe it went as well as people thought it was going to. Like he came in as an older player and kind of just was good right away and has stayed pretty good, Uh, but pretty good would be better than what the Wizards have had at the point guard spot for the past couple of seasons. Yeah, that's true. Uh, It sounds like Zach Levine ain't leaving your bulls. It does sound like Beal is going to take that big payday, and then we'll see whether that's a great idea from the Wizards and how many years he lasts there. Uh, You know, James Harden, I don't think anyone believes is truly going anywhere. It sounds like they're aggressively going after P.J. Tucker, who uh, still Mm -hmm. might get like a three-year deal. Uh, Good for him. Uh, That's uh, in play. We already talked about Miles Bridges. You know, it, it quickly sort of drops off after a lot of these, like, oh, there's DeAndre Ayton, what the Suns do with him. And trades the and Gobert like news has kind of uh, dried up yeah. recently. We had a lot of Gobert rumors during the finals, yep. during the conference yep. finals, but uh, Jazz seem to be playing it pretty close to the vest right now. Yeah, and they right, they don't even have a coach right now. And uh, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a good point. I had totally forgotten about him. So we'll see. Look, th- let's do the opposite of what we did on draft night, where we were like, oh, it's going to be a million trades. It's going to be amazing. Big deal after big deal. Then basically nothing happened. Let's pretend or say nothing's going to happen this week. We're not even going to be back to do an emergency podcast. There will be no point. And if we say that, then we know the opposite way. It's Murphy's Law. You know, it's Troy Murphy's Law when it comes to the NBA. So uh, there you go. We'll call it there. Thank you so much to the stream. Wait, Skeets. What? What about Steve Clifford going to the Charlotte Hornets? <laughs> he's on, back. You could drop it. He's, he's back. <laughs> well, they should have put that in the uh, little press release. <laughs> Steve they should have 100% let him do like a fax. Yes. Uh, a Michael Jordan styled fax. I'm back. Oh my God. Yeah. Touch. With Jordan as the owner too. That's perfect. <laughs> they should have leaned into that. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, sure. <laughs> I, I Look, hey, get the defense better. <laughs> he's good at that. Clifford can, he's uh, good at, that. can ha- at least help a defense usually. So uh, really weird, though. You don't see this in the NBA all, all that often where the coach, he wasn't even gone that long, right? He, no. Like, how Went to years? the Magic. Well, probably four years. I mean, he was yeah. there for a little bit. Oh, wow. Um, okay. yeah. yeah, I guess Borrego was coaching. Yeah. The Hornets for the past four seasons, so that's probably probably the exact amount of time. <laughs> Clifford Steve is, is back, back, baby. It's great to have Steve Clifford back in our lives. Steve Clifford, the big red coach. I wish he had a redhead. That'd be great. The <laughs> dog joke. Anyway, uh, yeah, Clifford's back. We'll wait. We'll wait later in the week when nothing happens. We'll really do a deep dive on Clifford. Uh, Returning to the uh, Hornets bench. Um, email in your NBA questions, though. No dunks at theathletic.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at no dunks. And get yourself an athletic subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks. And uh, yeah, we will probably see you at some point later this week if we get any sort of juicy trades 
or big shocking signings or stuff like that. But keep sending those questions in to no dunks at theathletic.com. So, okay, when uh, when can we expect this uh, signing of this car that you got? Like weeks from now, <laughs> tomorrow? What are we looking at? <laughs> uh, I think the moratorium ends on July 5th. Uh, oh, so be looking for an introduction in the driveway about that time. <laughs> I can't wait for those photos so much. I can't wait. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining us here live in the stream team. Hit that like button. Subscribe to No Dunks. Uh, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember that I'm bad at stats, but this one is true. 50% of NBA coaches are named Steve. <laughs> Embrace the day, people. You could stay.